So Paige taught last week, and who was there for that? You guys did it go well? It's great. I wish I could hear it, but she told me she forgot to record, so that's a bummer. But there would be lots of Luke screaming in the background. So. Oh, Luke was here? Oh. <laughs> so it wasn't just you three. It was also Luke. Yeah, it was also Luke. Okay. He was, like, doing a construction site, though. So it mm-hmm. she, he was? Was. Wow. he was? He was, like, making construction noise. <laughs> 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 we had coffee conversations about construction sites. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Nothing can stop coffee conversations. <laughs> um, so two weeks ago, we dove into what it meant to be merciful, um, how we have to taste mercy, and then we are given the responsibility to give mercy to others, and how when you're merciful, God is merciful to you. So he shows you mercy, you're required to give mercy, um, and then you receive more mercy from God. It kind of like all goes back and forth. And so this week, we are moving back into what the next beatitude is. So it is Matthew 5, 8, um, and it, it, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Um, so a little review, what's a beatitude? attribute that a christian should have yes an attribute that a christian should have and what it doesn't mean to be blessed to be chosen chosen. yeah yeah to be chosen what else does blessed mean because all these beatitudes start with blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are the ones who mourn Greek word means unshakable joy yes go andrea (laughs) (laughs) and what's the point of the sermon on the mount what's jesus's goal in this sermon to teach you how to be a good Christian, how your life should be. It's like the, um, it's like he is totally saying the old law is gone. Here is the new law. Um, and this is what your life should look like. So uh, today we are diving into what it means to be pure in heart. Um, so let's break that, those two things down. What does pure mean? Um, to be like, um, to not have anything like, I want to say sinful. Yeah. Or yeah. Lighting, dirty, yeah. That causes chaos. Yeah. Just like, like a, I, when I think pure, I like think like a crisp white. Like it's not blemished. It's just like pure. There's no sin. There's no dirt. Yeah. So pure is like completely perfect, right? And then what's a heart? This thing, right? <laughs> the thing that pumps blood throughout your whole entire body, right? Um, so when the Bible refers to heart, it's not often talking about our physical heart, right? It's talking about the deepest part of who we are. Um, it's what one theologian called it, the factory of the soul, which I think is so interesting um, because that's where our thoughts and desires and emotions all come from. Um, so I have this lovely chart, and we're going to talk more about it. Um, but the heart is where everything starts, right? It's the core of who we are. It's where our desires are formed, and then from our desires come our thoughts, and from our thoughts come our actions. Um, so a good way to think about this is sometimes... Um, at least for me, sometimes I'll say something and or like have a bad attitude or like say something mean um, very quickly, right? I just kind of snap. And then when I go to apologize to someone, sometimes I say, oh, I don't know where that came from. I'm really sorry. That was so mean. I don't know where it came from. Well, actually, I do know where it came from because it came out of my mouth. So it was in my heart and my heart is deceitful above all else. And so, of course, when like in a moment, something could just come out because it all starts in my heart. Um, So our sin doesn't just come from nowhere. We're not just victims to our sin. Our sin is actually like in our heart and then it comes out through our thinking and our actions. Um, So Jesus is deeply concerned with our hearts. Why do you think Jesus is so concerned with the state of our heart? I think because he knows it's like the basis of like everything we do. Mm. 
how we act and it discerns how we treat people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the core of everything. Um, so of course he's concerned with the foundation of who we are. Um, it reveals who we truly are. We can smile. We can put on a face. We can pretend like we're having a good day when we're having a bad day. We can trick everyone into thinking we're a good person, but on the inside we can be thinking terrible things. We can be um, living in sin in the dark. Um, our hearts contain the secret things that no one else knows, but God knows. God has this crazy thing about him where he's able to see everything that we think, everything we feel, everything about who we are. Um, and this is true throughout scripture. First um, Samuel 16, 7. Um, I'll turn there and read it for us real fast because I, I made little tabs. Actually, I think I forgot to put a tab in for First Samuel. But basically it says that God doesn't look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. So he doesn't give one rip about what you look like on the outside. He cares about what you look on the inside. Um, so I was a biblical counseling major. I'm going to pass these out. You guys can take one and pass it around. Um, and they like kind of drilled this into our heads about how um, the heart is the factory of the soul. So um, it comes to... So when like, like helping people deal with their problems and issues, the first and foremost thing that you have to take into consideration is their heart. Um, so if the, if the heart is off, if the heart has, um, if the heart is not focused on God, well, of course things are coming out like, um, anger and lust and, um, anxiety. If your heart, if your heart is off, then of course the things that are coming out of it, um, are, are not good. Um, so I brought these cool counseling sheets. I actually went back into my canvas and printed off like this is like from one of my counseling classes. And we're not going to like do this today, but I thought that it's just a nice tool to have um, for you guys if you ever want to do it. So like these uh, these questions in this graph right here, um, these are like heart questions to help like get to what your heart looks like. What does your heart desire? What like what the core of who you are like like how do you, how do you get there? These questions really help you see that. And then this graph is a, does a good job of like explaining how um, the heart like makes us kind of decide like makes our decisions for us. So it starts in the heart. It goes to our thinking, um, and then when we're confronted with a decision, um, we're either confronted with the easy decision, which is usually feelings oriented or um, self oriented, or we're confronted with like a godly choice and that's usually harder and it's against our flesh um but it's whether we're focused on god or or ourselves that we usually choose those things and it all comes from our heart um so does that all make sense cool um and i also put it up here so like i said starts in the heart so if you love god with all your heart your thoughts are more likely going to be focused on god others and prayer and therefore you're going to be more like encouraging to others, you'll have a distaste for sin and you'll do good deeds out of love. It all flows. Um, and then the same goes, like if you um, have a different desire, your thoughts are going to be different and your, and your actions are going to be different. It all flows together. Um, so we should also be deeply concerned with the state of our hearts. So why should we be deeply concerned with our hearts and where they're at? of our hearts because like that's where our thinking Mm -hmm. comes from based on like what we desire um from our heart Mm -hmm. so like yeah 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 so if I really struggle with gossiping I'm I can't be like I'm just gonna stop gossiping you have to go back to your heart. You have to go back, okay, why do I gossip? Well I think it's because I think these things. Why do I think these things? 
Um, maybe because at the core of who I am, maybe I'm self-conscious in this area, or maybe I want to feel better about this thing, so that's why I'm, or maybe I'm angry at them. It all goes back to our hearts, and so that's why we should also be concerned with our hearts, because Jesus is concerned with our hearts, um, and he didn't come just to help us fix bad habits. He didn't come to help us just fix the bad habit of gossiping. He came to transform us and give us a heart transplant, to literally take out the old heart and to put in a new heart, a heart of flesh that's able um, to be softened and molded to what he wants it to be. Um, Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10 tells us that the heart is deceitful above all else, and the, lone, the Lord alone can search it. Um, so that's kind of scary, especially to me, because I'm like, I look at my heart and I'm like, oh, it's not that great. It's kind of, it thinks bad things, or I sometimes desire bad things. Um, and so it's kind of scary that the Lord can see straight into it, and he knows exactly what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, who I am. Um, and that's why we literally need Jesus to give us a new heart, because we are so unable to do it on our own. Um, and so Jesus came to literally give us a heart transplant, and Potts Ken says that all the time, um, that we need a heart transplant. We need to recognize him as the only source of, source of hope for us to take away the sinful, dirty heart and to give us a heart that is able uh, to desire him and therefore do things for him. Um, so to combine these things, pure in our heart means that um, a pure heart, what Jesus is talking about, is one that is, to is totally, entirely fixed on who God is. It's it's like zeroed in. That's the one thing that your heart is focused on is God. Um, so why do you think, why would you think that Jesus wants us to have all our attention on God? Why would this help us be pure in heart? I think if we put all of our attention onto God, then everything else looks really small. Mm. And he kind of like transforms like our the way we like go about things once we like realize that um yeah that's good there's also not room for anything else hmm. yeah god's taking up your whole heart your whole mind your whole life there's there's not room and it doesn't hmm. look as pretty right if you if you're at the top if you've chosen the best if you're doing the best things for you why would you pick something that's not the best yeah why would you choose to add that in the Right, yeah. If your full allegiance is on God, then you're like, oh, I can't pledge my allegiance to anything else other than God. I can't, like, even, I don't want sin in my heart. Um, yeah, that's so good. There's no room for anything else. I like the way you said that. Well, and like in the Garden of Eden, there, before the fall, they were totally focused on God. Hmm. There was nothing else to be concerned about, and they were content. They had all the things they needed provided. There was no issue, and one bad decision wrecked all. Mm, yeah but before like how what a wonderful life that would have been mm -hmm. there was it was peaceful it was joyful there was nothing wrong yeah like, and I obviously we can't achieve that currently until he comes back but mm. like, that's the ultimate goal yeah that's the goal to have a heart that doesn't desire anything else other than God yeah, yeah. plus the, oh. no go ahead plus like I feel like we can't want both like I know like as sinners like we always tend to do that but mm. like having I know the bible talks about like having lukewarm faith and how like yeah. it doesn't really produce like what God desires in us mm. and how it really just makes us confused and it really just like causes us to stumble and fall so um yeah like that could be why God wants us to like have our hearts like totally focused on him mm. so we don't have that like confusion of like I want to 
like follow God, but I also am really struggling with this sin. Yeah. I'm going to God to like help me with the sin. Mm. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah, you're just trying to like hold both at once, and it's like mm-hmm. impossible. You can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only way to have that fully focused heart is to have the redeemed heart that Jesus gives us, right? Because our our own sinful hearts literally are not capable of loving God with all our heart. We need Jesus to help us love God with all our heart. Um, and one of, um, one of the things that really hit me this week as I was studying this is that um, another aspect of being pure in heart is a heart that is fo- fully focused on God, of course, but that also isn't living in like repetitive, habitual sin, um, because one that a heart that's focused on God doesn't desire to live in habitual sin. Um, so when we're not living in sin, we have an automatic, like greater intimacy with God simply because there's not like sin getting in the way. Um, now when I hear like living in sin, I kind of have to remind myself that, um, like, well, like I sin every day, technically I am living in sin. I'm surrounded by sin. And then sometimes like I say the wrong thing or I'm selfish or I'm prideful, or I just think like sinfully, I think with like my, my sinner glasses on, I guess, um, so, like, what do you guys think is the difference between habitual sin and just, like, everyday sin and brokenness? Can you, like, explain the question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, there's, like, habitual sin, right, where it's, like, like over and over and over again. But we do sin over and over and over again. So, like, what's the difference between just sinning and just being, like, a broken, like, person and habitual sin? I think, like, in God's eyes, they're all the same. Mm. But to us, like, I don't know, like, they seem different to us. And, like, for some sins we go to God for or for some sins, like, we know God has, like, his hand on them, like, he's, like, working on them. Mm. Um, But for others, we just kind of, like, inadvertently do it. But it's all the same in his eyes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They, sin is all the same in God's eyes. We were talking about this yesterday, yeah. about, like, the bar graph. Um, yeah. yeah. Is it, like, how we see sin? How we uh-huh, see sin? Yeah. Little, yeah, yeah. That really helps. Um, yeah, and I think what, what I mean when I say habitual sin, it's, like, the same exact sin over and over and over again that um, maybe it's like you're tempted by something and you fall into it every single time and you're living in this sin. I mean, maybe no one else knows about it. Maybe you have accountability. Um, but those times, at least in my life where it's been the same sin over and over and over again, and I'm not really seeking repentance. I'm not really working on getting rid of it. Um, I feel this wall between God and I not think, not saying that God has like left me because I know he never leaves us. Um, but sin literally drives a wall between us and God, especially when we are not tearing it down by repenting. Um, God hates sin. So why would we be surprised if we're living in something that he hates, um, that we don't feel greater intimacy with him? Um, it doesn't change his love for you, right? He loves you all the same. He's there for you the moment that you come to him for repentance. Um, but if you're letting sin dwell in your life and, um, doing the same things over and over again without repenting, um, you're like, it's hard to see God. Like this beatitude says, the pure in heart will see God. It's hard to see God when you're living like that. Um, and definitely something that I needed to hear this week because I've been kind of going through this like spiritual, um, numbness, I think. And I think it's because, um, just some, just like some like 
sin like going on in my heart where my heart wasn't entirely focused on the Lord. And so, of course, when it's not focused on the Lord, if my heart is not pure, I'm not going to feel super close with him. Um, so the Bible tells us kind of some examples of what it looks like to have a pure heart. Um, so Elise, could you turn to Psalm 24? Mary, could you turn to James 4? And Andrea, could you turn to Matthew 22? Um, and Elise, you'll be reading Psalm 24, 3 through 4. Mm-hmm. I think something else that makes habitual sin versus being a human that's going to sin, mm. not just being part of life, is that we name them differently. Mm. We say, oh, I struggle with gossip, and it's just a struggle. It's just something I'm working on. Mm. We don't label it as a sin. That's good. So we don't go to ourselves and say, I'm sinning. We don't look at our friend and say, Delaney, I see you're really struggling with gossip. You're sinning, right? We just say, oh, you know, you'll, you'll work on it. Mm-hmm. So you have to label it correctly. Yeah. Because sin is not a fun word. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you like to look at yourself and say, I'm sinning. Or you're sinning, my yeah. good friend that I'm going to call out in love. Like, you have to label it correctly. Yeah. So you could be, you know, struggling with, I don't know, something big, something huge. You could be getting drunk every weekend and Mm. making terrible decisions with your life and you know somebody could look at that and say that's a huge habitual sin but so is gossip yeah so is lying yeah so is you know stealing like little things yeah little things idols yeah idols yeah Yeah. any of it um putting anything before Mm. god and when we just label oh i'm just struggling with it or i just whatever when we don't address it as sin mm-hmm. so then it gets stuck in this cycle and we don't even recognize it right. as a sin cycle yeah because we don't call it that yeah and by saying often when you're saying i'm struggling with blank you're putting yourself as the victim yeah. where you're like i'm struggling with like i don't know lust lust is attacking me like um no it's not you you actually like <laughs> have like power to overcome the lust because yeah. Christ dwells within you or gossip like I struggle with gossip okay is the gossip like are you is it like inevitable for you to and it it just kind of reverses it um yeah that's really interesting um uh Elise Psalm 24 3 through 4 uh yep who may ascend onto the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place he who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn that's okay. Word, letters are <laughs> letters are hard. Um, who has James four? Uh, James four eight. Come near to God, you come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Awesome. Um, Elise, could you read yours one more time? Psalm 24, 3 through 4. Yeah. Who may ascend onto the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deficient. Oh my gosh. Deceitfully. I'm so sorry. Just say it. Deceitfully. Um, so based on these these verses, what kind of things flow from a pure heart? Uh, 
kind of things flow from a pure heart? Mm-hmm. What kind of things come out of a pure heart? So, if your heart is pure, what's coming out in your actions? Good things. Good things. Yeah. Not idols and not deceitfulness yes deficiency Deficiency. i guess you're deficient if your heart is not pure i guess yeah yeah good things right like um love and encouragement and selflessness and serving and all the good things that we so badly desire but sometimes we just like can't work it up in ourselves we have to go deeper and we have to ask the lord to change us at the core of who we are um so we're zero, we've zeroed in on what it means to have a pure heart, um, but we have to look at the second part of this beatitude, which is um, the pure in heart see God. So what does it mean to see God? And I was hanging out with Mary and Riley yesterday, and we were talking about how if God was sitting with us at the coffee t- table that we were sitting at, um, what it would be like. And we were like, well, we would all be dead, right? Because God is so holy and perfect <laughs> and awesome. <laughs> yeah, Mary's like, I would ask him if he wants a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, I thought I would give him um, some of my coffee, and then Riley was like, well, we'd all be dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd all be dead because he's so holy and so mighty and awesome and perfect that we literally can't be in his presence. Um, so the... So when I think of like, okay, who has seen God? No one has seen God. Um, one day we'll see God, but no like human being in their flesh has seen God. Um, so what does it mean that the pure in heart will see God? Um, so basically means that, yes, one day we will see them, him, right, when we're in heaven. And because of the heart transplant that we have in Christ, we will see who God for who he is. But right now on this earth, the best way to see God is to just walk with him, right, and to be, have a, this relationship with him. Um, and the best way to do that is to, um, like, like, do the things that he wants you to do and spend time with him and not let sin get in the way. Um, so, granted, you'll never see God, but you can feel him and you can be near to him, and you can see him working in your life um, just by obeying him and following him and weeding out sin out of your life um, and praying with him. Um, so yeah, if you if you want to be closer to God, you have to ask yourself, what have you been hiding or pushing aside um, that hinders your walk with him? What things are you not wanting to let go of? Um, um, you have to desire what he desires, and if you're like, I don't know if I can even work that desire, like, pray, pray for that desire to happen, um, pray that he would give you the desire to be in his word, pray that he would give you the desire to serve more, to love others better, to, to do whatever you struggle with better, um, God created us for himself, and so, um, when we're walking, like, how he wants us to walk, then, of course, we're going to be in, like, the best place possible, because that's what he created us for, um, so yeah, when you're experiencing, when you're showing grace, when you're doing all those things, when you're living a life that's pleasing to God, um, you're experiencing God. You're seeing God, um, which is pretty cool. They're like having a party in the kitchen. There's yelps of pain. No, I haven't heard it. Oh, so yeah. Know. They're making food for tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, it's not like when you do sin, God just goes away from you, right? I want to make that so clear because he's always near to us, always. Um, but you will feel near to, near, nearer to him. I don't remember who read this, but they said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Um, so when, you, when you're weeding out that sin that's keeping you away from God, when you're spending time with him, when you're in prayer, when you're doing all that you can to keep your focus on him, um, you're going to draw nearer to him, even though he doesn't change. He doesn't change ever, but you're going to feel different. Um, so... Like, and take heart whenever you do sin, that God is close with you in that very moment. 
um, you can run to him right away. Um, so turn with me real fast to Isaiah 6. I thought this would be a good passage to end on. Isaiah 6, 4 through 7. Um, who could read that for us real fast? It's just Isaiah 6, 4 through 7. I can read it. Thank you, Andrea. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and... and, and <laughs> At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which we had taken with tongs from the altar. The thing he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Awesome. All right. So here Isaiah is having a vision of the Lord and he sees him sitting on the throne in verse one. Obviously not in his full glory because like we said, Isaiah would die. And also this is a dream. So it's not, well, I think it's a vision. Um, so it's not like, like God is like physically there. Um, so here Isaiah is confronted with the presence of the Lord. And so what, what's his reaction? What does he say? He's like, oh, no, I'm not good <laughs> He's like, whoa. <laughs> he literally says, whoa. He's like, whoa, what was me? I'm lost, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. He's confronted with the holiness of God, and he's deeply aware of his spiritual depravity. Uh, what beatitude does this remind you guys of? The first one! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, so this just circles everything back, right? So in order to have a pure heart, you have to um, experience the mercy of God, and then you have to hunger and thirst for the things of God. And then you have to mourn over your sin. And then you have to acknowledge that you are spiritually depraved, that you need the Lord. All these things build upon one another. And here, Isaiah is demonstrating the first beatitude of someone who knows Jesus. Um, so trick question in verse 6. This has nothing to do with being pure in heart. But does anyone remember what a seraphim is? Yes. Wow, throwback to a really far time ago when we talked about angels um good job Elise yeah seraphim is an angel um so that that song that's like seraphim and cherubim that one those are about angels I didn't know that for the longest time I was like what's a seraphim and what's a cherubim you guys like like my voice (laughs) (laughs) they'd kick me out Um, so yeah, Seraphim is an angel, so this angel comes, and after Isaiah says, I am not worthy, I am so dirty, um, I cannot be in the presence of God, what does the Seraphim do to him? He, like, he, like, takes a coal, and he, like, touches his lips with it. Yeah. That, like, represents something. Yeah. I don't know what it represents, the coal touching his lips represents, but he says that, um... The guilt is taken away and his sin is atoned for. Um, so he's forgiven. He's made clean. He's made clean in the presence of God. Um, so the pure in heart will see God because the only way to have a pure heart is to know God. And the only way to have a pure heart is to know Jesus. And the only way to know Jesus is to know you're spiritually depraved. Um, so it's not like we're going to have this perfect heart the moment that we know Jesus. It's gonna, we're going to mess up. We're going to fall short. But the pure in heart recognize that. They see they say, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. Um, and then Jesus comes in and he atones for our sins and he cleanses us and we're forgiven. And that just motivates us to keep 
like getting better, right? And he's constantly working on us. Um, it's all, all him, um, not us. Um, so we can see God, not by what we do, but through what Jesus does through us. Um, so yeah, that, that's all I have. But that was a lot, and I feel like I talked a lot. Um, do you guys have like any questions or comments or things that like are kind of on your heart? <laughs> I have individual packets of sour cream. There was a, before you guys got here. There was a man in our in our church that peeked his head in, and he just like stared at us, and he goes, "Oh, there's girls in here." And then he, and then he peeked his head back, and we're like, "Ah." <laughs> <laughs> struggle for a really long time to figure out what that meant because I was like am I like mm. I don't get visions in my dreams I don't like I don't know any like I don't understand this I don't like whatever but seeing God <clears throat> isn't physically looking at him as if he's sitting here mm. it's noticing where his hand is in all the things of our lives it's like watching a bunch of coincidences happen mm. like wow that was not a coincidence that was all God's perfectly ordained plan mm. or yeah. My two-year-old running into our room and saying, hi. Like, <laughs> the, just the pure joy of a little kid's heart. Like, that's from God. And yeah. the, the wonderful weather that we get during fall. Like, hmm. that's from God. And, like, looking for not just who God is, but what he's done, what hmm. he's provided, and what yeah. he's given. And that makes it more tangible. Because some, something that I think we struggle with a lot of times as Christians is that our faith is... You, you don't see you can't see it you can't touch it there's not proof mm. I mean and then as you walk with the Lord closer you see more and more proof in your own life but looking for it mm. if you're struggling like if you're going through a time of spiritual numbness or if you're struggling to see God intentionally finding him intentionally looking mm. for him yeah it helps yeah. and then you know the more that you see God the more you're like wow this is, you're just in awe of the mm-hmm. things that he's done and the things that he's given yeah it's like training your mind to like be more directly focused on him yeah yeah or even just training your mind to to look for those things or to watch for them or to just recognize that that's what they are mm. like i've said this example before but you know the day that you're going to go play tennis with your friends that you're really excited about mm-hmm. it's not a coincidence that your favorite shorts or leggings are clean like the lord's <laughs> saying hey look enjoy it like go have a great time and yeah. i know it's a trivial example but you know, yeah takes care of big stuff for us in little, in stuff. little stuff so yeah that's and it, I, you say this all the time, but it just changes your attitude towards everything when yeah. you think of it like that. It gives you more joy. It does. Yeah. It makes the day of three hours of sleep so much more joyful. So much better. You should definitely take a nap today. I really hope 
I get to take it now. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. I'm a joyful toddler <sighs> with minimal sleep. He's still happy, and he was, like, cleaning up trash this morning. That's like, nice. Where did you find this? And he just ran it to the trash can and was like... Maybe he'll take a long <laughs> nap, and then you can take a long nap. There's no way that he can have all that energy I don't to maintain know. it. I just go with it. Yeah. Really, it's just a phase. I'm sure it's a phase. Sure. And if it's not a phase, then he is going to be the most productive human ever. Yeah, <laughs> true. Great. Yeah, he'll, he'll, <laughs> he will be very successful. All right. Well, I will pray for us. And yep. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just uh, thank you for this morning and this awesome weather, Lord, and um, just how fun it is to get together and read your word and be with one another, Lord. I just pray for all these girls and their walks with you, God. I just pray that um, you would guide them and um, help them draw nearer to you, Lord. And um, for anyone here that is um, struggling with a sin, God, would you just give them the strength um, to get that out of their life? Would you um, be with them as they uh, walk through that, God? And I just pray that um, everyone here just develops a greater love for you, um, a greater understanding of the gospel, and God, that we would all just grow in our uh, relationship with you um, and in our lives. Um, Lord, you are so good to us, so patient with us, uh, so kind. Um, the fact that you literally do everything in this relationship and we just sit here um, and get to look at you in awe, Lord. Would you just help us um, respond better um, to your word and to obey you quicker um, and to be quicker to repentance? Um, Lord, give us joy. Um, and I just pray that for the fall festival tomorrow, that it's a great time, lots of people and fellowship, Lord, and um, that you would just be here with us. Um, Lord, we love you and we trust you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.